you just hit play. So you're on your way to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for the sword in the stone, 1963. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. She sounded more British than Arthur did in this movie. Go ahead. (laughs) Welcome to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 123, that's 123, where there are links to contact us, vote on the movies we cover, and help fund the show via Patreon. Alongside our other awesome patrons, Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, Diego Avila, The Feel and Film Podcast, Pierre Guzman, and a secret patron as well. Wait. Thank you. I, oh yeah, so yeah. Thank. Much. I know. I always yeah, yeah, interrupt that. Yeah, thank yeah, you, the, the patrons. Okay, I'm boy. sorry. We really do think, but you, you did, you did usually mention there's a a way to help contribute through PayPal. Is that no longer an option? That is still an option. Oh, I'm okay. just trying to reduce the intro. I, I. Oh, and what did I do? I made it longer. <laughs> sorry about that. That's. <laughs> it's what you do, apparently. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, we'll introduce him in a second, new listener, if you if you are a new listener. Um, but yes, thank you all, patrons, for your support. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad designer, and I predicted that Sword in the Stone, the Sword in the Stone, would be a classic movie. Before we introduce our guest, here is your Francisco's boop 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 flash announcement. Uh, July 26th, which is a Wednesday, will be your last chance. To vote on the next five movies we'll be covering on the show. So, if we were to close voting today, the five movies, uh, the five movies that we would be that you would be selecting are Robin Hood, the Disney animated uh, Robin Hood, Monsters Inc., Spirited Away, the Transformers, the movie, the animated movie, like with the Weird Al song, that one, and then Tarzan. So, another string of Disney movies. Except for a tra- Transformers and DMV. are they all animated? Those are all animated. Yes, so wow, a string of animated movies. Wow, we haven't. It's been a while since we've had several animated movies. Okay, it has indeed. But so this will be kind of a lead off, though not so much, and you'll find out why. What our next episode is, but again, you have until July twenty sixth. 2017, if you're listening to this in the future. Sorry, you missed the date. But you can still go and vote on whatever movies are there now. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we love covering the movies you want us to cover. So please go and vote those movies up and down, whatever, yeah. however you and like. If you don't like animated movies, make sure you upvote those non-animated live-action movies. That's yeah, what like called, UHF, right? yeah. Tombstone, Santa Claus, etc. <clears throat> now, to get to... That was the end of your Francisco's boop, 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 flash announcement. Going to now introduce my good friend, co-host, about Master Interrupter, <laughs> Paul uh, Lava Bazooka Powers. Hey, Paul. Hey, Francisco. Why don't you do the D word anymore? The dad designer and... Because I, I got tired. Did. You're making this intro even longer now. Paul. I know, but I've been meaning to ask because <laughs> you've done that before and I've you wouldn't let me interrupt I'm, before. I'm fa- I phased it out. In lieu of, I want a specific announcement at the intro in case there's some event so that people that don't listen to the end won't So you got it. rid of the third D? Because I got tired of, of trying to come but up with something. So yes, I got You'll rid of go boop, 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 boop twice 
which would take even longer. <laughs> you know okay, what, hi, Francisco. Hi. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, here's your trivial yeah. question. Oh, okay. The first Disney animated feature with so this, the Sword in the Stone, is yes. the first Disney animated feature with songs by Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. Yes, the Sherman Brothers. The Sherman Brothers. This pair created some of the studio's best songs going into the next decade after this film. Probably Even the most more after that too. famous of which are the songs from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Paul, do you have a favorite Sherman's Sherman Brothers song? Oh, don't and, do this to and, me. Do you want to eat sherbet ice cream every time you hear the name Sherman Brothers? Because I know I do. No, I don't. Oh, and okay. I don't have a favorite. But I will say, this last year, uh, Val and I got to go to the, uh, the 75th anniversary. Uh, it's Bambi's 75th anniversary. Oh, okay. and they did a, a showing at the... Um, motion picture studio or whatever theater and a bunch of B- disney bigwigs were there and w- the surviving sherman brother was there oh, i didn't cool. get to meet him in person but he was like knowing i was breathing in the same air no, yeah i mean i got to see him so that was a uh that was really cool i i really Very admire cool. the sherman brothers and and their songs i've enjoyed growing up so that was really cool you admire them but you don't have a favorite song interesting it's because it's too hard oh, yeah, yeah. it depends okay. on my mood sometimes i feel like a lonely black rain cloud and sometimes <laughs> you know i i feel like i'm in the jungle book or okay, something okay okay fine paul why don't you give me your prediction for the sword in the stone well as a, a disney uh Buff? connoisseur, connoisseur. <laughs> I would uh, predict this movie. I predicted it was be a classic. A classic. If I said predict enough times, predict. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, we'd like to... Thank you, Paul. Now, we'd like to welcome... We have a new guest host to help talk about this old movie. He is the creative director for Squared Co., a producer of limited edition prints, pins, and other goods, as well as being one of the hosts of the Squared Co. podcast. We'd like to welcome aboard to the ship, Mark Morris. Hi, Mark. What's going on, gentlemen? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. I have a, a couple questions for you, Mark. First off, what is your favorite movie genre? Oh, man. Is a uh, movie an answer? <laughs> yes. No, I, it is not. So I, <laughs> let me, I'm going to give you a rambling answer, um, and hopefully I'll come up with a more distinct one within my ramblings got it i i love movies i will go see any movie i love like the movie going experience oh yeah so going yeah. to an actual theater you know giving getting the oversized soda and popcorn <laughs> um even like seeing a, a terrible movie um i'm all about it but as long as you pay too much for popcorn and soda yeah, you're happy exactly <laughs> like i'm fine giving the theater all of my hard-earned money um but uh yeah so uh, this is like a knee-jerk uh, kind of response, but I think just because there's so much of it out there right now, and this probably isn't an actual movie genre, but it, it might become one, the superhero movies. Yes. Ooh, there you go. So, yeah. I agree I know, with you. Like, technically, it's, I guess you'd consider it like an action yeah, genre, I mean, it kind of depends. Now, Logan, I would say, is he, was even more skewing drama, but yeah. Yeah. But there's so, so so many of them now. I think mm-hmm. it, it's it's about time to get them on the genre list. Yeah, yes. come on, IMDb, get with yeah. it. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, very cool. Uh, now well, then my, would Indiana Jones be a superhero? No. He doesn't he, have a superpower. Well, neither does Batman. He's the greatest Ooh. detective in the world. Well, okay, fine. So is Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. Oh, that's Getting a good point. Getting choppy waters here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we can continue. Okay. Because we're not going to solve this one. No, we are not. <laughs> Mark, my trivial question for you is this. The climactic battle between Merlin and Mad Madam Mim is often cited by animation experts as some of the best character animation to that date. Hmm. The characters go through numerous physical transformations during battle, yet retain their identifying features. Merlin's guises are blue and include his glasses and facial hair, while Mim's are pink and purple and have her messy hair. Hmm. Mark. What would you have turned into to thwart Merlin's germ warfare? Ooh, uh, the antidote. Oh. Right. Well, I don't, would that be considered an animal though? If if you're trying not antibodies. To cheat? Uh, well, is, is the yeah is a virus an animal? Yeah, I know that's kind of like iffy. It's living, I suppose. Or uh, oh man, I don't know what. I, uh, so I'd come up with my own. Mythical beast that can devour a virus. Oh, there you go. Because, <laughs> nice. you know, at that point, they start cheating and all the rules go out the door. Pretty much. So if she can turn into a dragon, I can turn into the Squaretosaurus or whatever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Okay, cool, cool. And Mark, what was your prediction for the Sword in the Stone? Uh, so I'm just going to copy you guys, but it is the same answer. Uh, classic. I thought this would be a classic. Very good. Very good. Did you give your oh. prediction, Francisco? Yeah, I did. You're too busy trying to ask why things are changing to <laughs> yeah. pay attention. Yeah. Sorry. What? Yes. I, I recall saying it. I guess it's possible. I did not say it. I predicted classic, by the okay, way, good. in case I did All not right. say it. All right, just want to make that clear. Okay, good. Uh, why don't you also make clear to us, Paul, our course for this episode so I can give it to Alice. All right, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion on uh, pizza. That sounds good. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, let's have it on the uh, sword in the stone because I thought a roundtable, roundtable discussion, you know, that's sword in the Anyway, uh, we'll talk about what we like, including what we like most and also what we didn't like and especially what we didn't like most for francisco and uh we'll come back for some feedback and announcements yeah alice once you got all that please uh set course for the sword in the stone alert alert approaching target spoilers are coming establishing analysis vector it's coming sword and sorcery Silliness, the first motion picture. Motion picture? To tell the real story of Arthur and Merlin. Walt Disney's The Sword in the Stone. Plus, Winnie the Pooh and... Give you three guesses. In an all-new featurette. Winnie the Pooh and the Day for... Double feature now playing at a theater near you. Oh, sweet. Double feature, yes! (laughs) Yeah, do you remember double features were a thing? Yeah. Because I don't really, except at drive-ins. Yeah. I was about to say at drive-ins they were. Yeah. But, you know, what, what do we remember about this movie? Is Was this the real tale? Do we remember it being the real, <laughs> real, actual, authentic tale of King Arthur? That'd be amazing well, if we did. it was. <laughs> yeah. Trailer. So why would they lie? <laughs> but here is our memory mind melt synopsis of The Sword in the Stone. 
Young boy Arthur called wart by his keepers in the castle, who is a squire that is not treated nicely by his knight. While out shooting arrows, Arthur is sent to retrieve one of those arrows while running away from the skinny wolf. Amid this, Wart arrives late while crashing through Merlin's roof in the forest. Merlin, along with his owl, Archimedes, decides to help the help the train help train the boy and teach him life lessons as they transform into birds, fish, and squirrels. Then there's the fight slash battle with Mad Madame Bim. Merlin defeats Mad Ma- Madame Madam Mim with Ebola, which is always helpful. Arthur d- decides to be a knight squire and leave his education behind. This ticks off Merlin to go fly off on vacation to Bermuda in beach gear. But then he comes back for Wart to pull the sword from the stone. Or Merlin decides to return after the sword has been pulled to help the young boy rule the kingdom wisely. And all I have to say to that is... Because some, mostly right. several of those memories were incepted, though, because like uh, he is not a squire to begin with. He's a page. Uh, yeah. He M- Merlin close. goes, doesn't uh, doesn't help him pull the sword from the stone. And Merlin doesn't turn into Ebola. He's just some German. They never said Ebola. I don't know who's me- remembering that. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever. I don't know if we should trust that person for the rest of the show. No, I think well, we definitely should trust that person. <laughs> uh, but, Paul, you know what we can trust? The technical details on IMDb. I'm sure they're flawless. Yes, we always. can completely oh, yeah. trust them. All right. So, let's see. Indiana Jones and the Sword of the Stone what are you was talking one about of the right three now? adventure games in Indiana Jones, <laughs> the Temple of the, Temp- or Temple of the Templars. Oh, wow. That's- that You spun out fast there. Yeah, sorry about that. You want me to keep going? No. Or should I... Go back, 1963, okay. Disney's oh, The Sword and Stone. Oh, that one. Of okay. course, yes. It's rated G, runs an hour, 19 minutes. Oh, it's that long. I It, it seemed shorter than that to me. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, came out December 25th, 1963, so it's a Christmas movie. Hmm. Um, Merry it, Christmas. It wasn't directed by uh, Walt Disney, so I don't know why his name's on here. He probably funded it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it stars the voice actors of uh, several people, including Jenny Tyler, Norman Alden, and Alan Napier, who was the butler on the 1966 Batman TV series. Yeah, and speaking of those actors, Jenny Tyler, who played the girl squirrel or voiced the squirrel, the girl squirrel, also hey. voiced uh, some of the lambs in Mary Poppins, which oh. we covered back in uh, retroreonpodcast.com slash 28. Alan Napier, who is Sir Pelinor, voiced, uh, also voiced the huntsman, reporter number three, and the a hound in Mary Poppins, again, wow. slash 28. And Norman Alden, this is the biggest surprise to me, who played, who voiced Kay, also hmm. was Lou, the cafe owner in Back to the Future, which if you gotta go back, in time you go to slash 70 to listen to our review of that oh nice yes so the the budget of this film was about three million dollars and it went on to gross over 22 million dollars in the box office without the double feature oh (laughs) yeah i imagine that was a re-release sometime later well very good very good uh so obviously Lots of people like this movie enough to have it be a good return on its investment by the Disney company, Walt himself, apparently. Uh, (laughs) 
But let's talk about the things we personally liked about The Sword in the Stone. And let's start with our guest, Mark. What's one thing you liked about this movie? Um, so this happened, there's two scenes, but I'll just put this together as my one like, where okay. Merlin, <laughs> he does the spell to kind of enchant household objects. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the song that he sings when he does it. And it's just yes. like gibberish. Yeah. And then he ends with the word to rhyme the next word. He's like, hickety hockety pickety pock. <laughs> it's the time to go in the bag. <laughs> Let's, and I'm like, oh man, that's so I wonder if like that was all scripted oh, or if, or if the, like if the, the voice actor just got direction to say a bunch of random words, but then end it with, you know, a sound that yeah. rhymes with bag or something. Cause he, I, I, I he can says see it so that. fast. Yeah. 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 But I saw a, a little special with the Sherman brothers revisiting. This was years later, I think like in the eighties or nineties. And they were talking about the different songs from this. It's if you have the digital version on Disney movie anywhere, it's part one of their uh, behind the scenes where they go into the music Oh, nice! and it was talking about the lyrics and it, they, oh. the, the lyrics were definitely <laughs> written down and they got these lyrics from old English words or old Latin words that they thought sounded like it might be fun and twist and a lot of them they they just twisted it around and and made up but it yeah. definitely had there was reason behind it and yeah that poor guy had to memorize <laughs> all those words and say it so quickly so he did a good job of getting that out <laughs> wickety wackety hockety pockety yeah, but that was fun. So he did that crazy spell that would basically pack his entire house into a travel bag. And then he did it again when Wart got in trouble and had to clean out all the kitchen dishes. Yeah. So he yeah. made like an assembly line and did a similar spell. But yeah, that was a really fun. Both of those were really fun scenes that I liked. You know yeah. what? You know what? You mentioning that actually made me think of something else I like. So I'm going to just tack on real quick to this one that I like the music. I thought it was really well done too. So oh, right. now, Good, now, yeah. now I have a different one that I'm going to come up with later. Paul, what did you <laughs> think of the music though? Um, actually, it's also my first like. I loved oh, cool. uh, th- those those songs, the Higgitus Figitus and the, um, <laughs> and the one under the under the sea. No, in the moat. Wow. Uh, <laughs> where they sing to and fro what darn it what's that one called oh that's what makes the world go round yeah so i really enjoyed uh those two um good job sherman brothers on those indeed indeed uh so that was your first like uh something i liked about this movie is really really someone who released it out to me was archimedes i thought he's just oh, this yeah. lovable curmudgeon and <laughs> i, yeah. I, I, I re- thought he would either you would either like him or hate him because you're so close in personality sometimes, not always. But. <laughs> me, oh, me personally. Well, you can get kind of like uh, <laughs> Kermudgy. Actually, we can who? talk who? about what? This what? <laughs> Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> I'm not offended. I guess. No, I no. See. I know. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. You know, it's it's not. It's a different way. But yeah, keep going. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, and I really liked how the the writers incorporated owls' who's into him asking who about oh, yeah. different people. I thought that was clever, and it, it, but it didn't seem like forced. Either. Exactly, right. yes. it kind of worked. Exactly. I want to know who. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, what's something else you liked? I like the character of Madame Mim. I think she is really? one of the okay. most underrated 
Disney villain that they don't. A lot of times, Disney will bring back their villains, like in like I don't know. You see them at Disneyland, or like different. Oh, villains here, villains there. Oh, not like and, in other movies. No, no, no. But like in merchandising thing, but you never see her in merchandising. I, right, and I, I understand she's not one of the first people you think of, but. I always thought growing up she was one of the most terrifying because she could turn into anything. Yeah. Like, for, forget <laughs> the uh, a Maleficent who can just turn into a dragon or whatever. She can turn into anything. And she's like, and she's proud of being evil. And, yeah, and that's a different so, kind of psychosis right there. Right, yeah. right. So for me, I thought she was th- the one to watch out for. Like, I'd rather be stuck in a room with Maleficent than her. Because mm, you don't know which way she's going to spin. <laughs> <laughs> Maleficent, you could see her coming, not Madame Mim. Well, maybe there's not as much merchandise because she had such a short amount of screen time. That's a good you point. Know, there, there was really only like two scenes that she was in, and yeah, I, it was really impactful. It was really short, right? Though but as, I thought she did a good job for that. As I was, yeah. w- <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, as I was watching this, I started wondering, you know what? It would have been kind of clever if they had the the barracuda or whatever the big fish was in the moat have sort of a pinkish tinge and then you see that girl the older girl squirrel i guess that that likes merlin is pink and that is actually voiced by the same actress who voiced madame mim i think Mm. it would have been cool if all the evil characters were madame mim and you just didn't know it until you get to the house i think that would have been a a way of tying her in throughout the movie a lot more cleverly. So we might talk about how this movie, but that gets more to the movie's failings, which we'll discuss later. Um, there was actually uh, um, in the behind the scenes, they with they have an alternate opening where she had oh. a bigger role. Oh, really? At the beginning, um, she wanted to, uh, She they knew that she, the king's son was lost. Uh, so, the king's the son king was died. lost. The king right. died. Right. And so she went and she had a crow or something. And, so and she they went out had to find a the crow. Okay, and enough. Went out <laughs> to find in London town. Okay, I'll, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so she had a much bigger role from the beginning. And she was, uh, the whole point, she was trying to kidnap him so that oh. she could. Um, uh, he could become king, and then she could kill him, and she would become queen. That kind of thing. I don't think it works that way. I but don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But they decided not to go with it. But she was going to originally be much more pivotal role in that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I, I would have loved to have seen something if they could have made that work in a logical way. But yeah, regardless, exactly. maybe that's why they dumped it. <laughs> maybe. Um, Mark, let's go back to you. What's another thing you liked about this movie? So uh, this was more of like a realization Ooh, rewatching okay. this as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I remember growing up, always I always thought that the, the the fostered father was like the villain of the movie, and he was oh, just this, this really mean old man who mistreated uh, Wart. Mm-hmm. But you know, rewatching it now, you see that he was really just trying to do what he thought was best yeah. for Wart. Um, and so you've now become the villain because you're on the side <laughs> of the villain now. So, I mean, like, obviously he wasn't the the greatest uh, character or father figure, but he was just doing the best he could. Yeah. But it was nice to kind of 
see some of these characters from a different perspective mm-hmm. after viewing it so many years later. That's Absolutely. three demerits for you, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say K is at least a, a bit more of the villain as in as much as they're either yeah. of them are a villain. Yeah, but I, I totally completely agree with you, Mark. I I thought being a father now, I don't think I've saw this movie since I became uh, a dad. Yeah, it, it seems like especially for a kid that's not yours and you're not really adopt you haven't really adopted as yours i think he's trained him actually fairly well <laughs> so um <laughs> that rebellious kid <laughs> well yeah i feel like his attitude toward merlin is a bit weird and wonky marvin and, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry marvin yeah of course <laughs> Started but I, th- I liked Kay's, uh I thought he had a little bit of a redemption at the end when he, he does. When he was he has bowing, that look. and then yes. he has that look of like, "All right, I'll submit." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> yes. I mean, your character arc was really short, but well done. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, let's go back. You know, I'll share one more thing I liked. Uh, I thought the animation of all the different elements. Uh, Mark, you were talking to those two. Uh, sections in the film when he's doing the dishes and all the luggage yeah. is coming in the pack. I was just so impressed at all these different elements. They looked flawless in how they're animated, especially when the dishes were all in the clutter and then they just came together in this yes. stack of line or yeah. this line. I was like, wow, that is really impressive. To I was just blown away by that. So that, the animation An- in those things. Another thing with those two scenes, um, it was... Like they're inanimate objects and lifeless objects, but the way that the they stylized them, mm. they they felt like there was life in them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they definitely had a character quality to them. Right. Yeah, it was really, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Totally. Something that's different that that's missing in today's flash animation when they try to animate inanimate object, it doesn't look like it has the life of drawn. In, yeah. in this kind of example, it's I mean, like th- they can get them to move, but it doesn't have that that life. Yeah, really into it. I wonder what's missing there because it seems like it's life. you could just keyframe <laughs> <laughs> all the above. <laughs> no more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody? I mean it. Yeah. Okay. I was just saying you up for that. That's all. I know. I didn't know if I wanted to take it though. <laughs> That's very low hanging fruit. That it was just you're right. It was too hard to resist. Go for it. Well, I was going to actually say, Paul, let's hear one more thing you liked, and then we'll get to our classic makers for a short. I stuff. loved the animal scenes when they turned into a squirrel, and when they turned into a fish, and the whole teaching of uh, Merlin teaching the boy like okay, gravity and all this. Now, granted, I did think Merlin went a little too far. It's like go fight the barracuda. No, no, you can do it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I just love the idea of because as a kid you wonder what it's like to turn into ant what it's like to uh you know be a fish or uh, turn into these different animals what's it like and this movie explored that and I thought it was really cool so keep those scenes in mind when we get to the next section Paul because I'm gonna be oh definitely <laughs> we're gonna be coming definitely. back to those uh okay well then let's get to our classic makers let's start with Mark what's the thing you love most about this movie about a sword said set in a stone <laughs> so hands down it's the last battle between merlin and mad madam why are you stealing mine mark come on <laughs> no that's fine yeah i think Go for that, it. so that is like the scene that stuck out most prior to watching it yeah um, yeah, yeah. 
And if I'm remembering correctly, I think I had this on VHS growing up, or at least one of my friends did, mm -hmm. and we would rewind it and rewatch oh, that whole nice. scene like over and over, just because it was the like totally the best part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Paul's speechless, apparently. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to jump on it because he I, said he was stealing I was yours. Say, I so would, I thought you were going to go into I, it. Well, I just completely agree. The Wizard's Duel is the most impressive part of this movie. The part that's like, wow, this is so fun to watch. There's so much interesting stuff going on. And, and it's, it, you, it's really cool seeing what animals they become to uh, go against the other. It's just mm -hmm. it's very yeah. charming in that way. Mm -hmm. I, I got to add one more thing. I was yeah. always disappointed because, you know, you're rooting for Merlin, mm -hmm. but right. I was always disappointed with his animal choices. <laughs> yeah, how it's they're like, so small and meek. Come on, yeah. man. Like, she's pick, she's going from the same arsenal, and yeah. you're picking, like, the worst ones. Well, well he's, tr Let me he's trying to use his brain in some way, I guess. But, right. I mean, but you, can, you still have your brain if you turn into a bear. I agree. <laughs> I oh, completely man. agree. Oh my goodness! But um, I, yeah, go ahead, Paul. What, I was about to say, I liked how they started small and then escalated to bigger yeah. animals instead of go right to a bear. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I can't believe you guys picked the wizard duel as your classic makers, because that's my classic maker too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely the best part of the movie. It's really fun and very creative, and uh, how they uh, do it and how it. But uh, it, it's weird, not to badmouth it, but hey, that's what we do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's an attempt to destroy one another, but uh, Mims certainly got that, but I don't think Merlin got that aspect to destroy her, just to like Avoid put her, her. down. Well, yeah. I, think, I mean, that, I think that just speaks to him being you know, a good guy. Oh. I don't oh, think you okay. want to see him destroy her. That's true. So they didn't, shouldn't have a wizard's duel. But I like the fact there was no Expelliarmus or uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, a Harry Potter reference. The, though, you know what? They could have just left it as she isn't going to get better. I mean, they didn't really have to have right. that little epilogue. So Yeah. So And so you nice. don't see him kill her necessarily. Though, you know what? This I was thinking about this this time. I thought if, it set it up for a sequel. If um, that'd be cool. If he becomes a germ and germs like it's not like you get a germ and this one germ takes you out and makes you sick. It's the germ reproducing and using your own body's uh, resources. Right. So when he leaves, why does she still have? Why is she still or sick? Or are there a bunch of Merlin's DNA inside <laughs> him still <laughs> just spawning? That's a creepy and, thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just that is a curiosity that came to me during this viewing understandably <laughs> well now before we get to the things we didn't like so much about this movie we like to go out to social media twitter facebook instagram and ask hey what do you guys remember about the movies we're covering or video games if it's a video game uh, and here's what some of you had to say ryan r jackson says enjoy this movie growing up always felt like it was a kid-friendly version of king arthur the, yeah. the wizard duel is epic. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. We agree, as you just heard. Steve Hamilton says, along with some... Oh, and he, he wrote this along with adding some fun gifts to our, our the thread. He says, I love the sword in the stone since I was a wee little boy. I always enjoyed the squirrel scene and just the idea behind Merlin and Excalibur mythology. So mm -hmm. thank you, Steve, for that. 
Allison Barron says, one of my favorite Disney movies, Heart. <laughs> so thank you, Allison. Christopher Battles says, Merlin coming back from Bermuda when they are fish and swimming around singing. All right. <laughs> Good memories, Christopher. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Paul Helper Watch. Paul Hyper Watch. Hyper Watch. Something yeah. like that. Says, Hercules next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got to go vote. Is is Hercules, Hercules even on the short list? It's not it on the short on list. Five. Oh, so how does Paul Hippler, hey, Paul, how you doing, go <laughs> to the long list to vote it up to make sure it's on the short list? He doesn't. He tweets us and says, hey, can this get on the short list next? Oh, nice. So yeah, I didn't know that I, you could do that. Well, yeah, listen to this episode and find out fun things. Okay, cool. <laughs> Continuing on, Napod. Uh, says, love the wizard duel with the magnificent, marvelous, madam, mad madam Mim. Yes. And all of the songs. But the wolf following the squirrels always scared me. Mm. <laughs> Wide-eyed emoji. Thank you, Danae. Eric Purcell says, I remember Merlin was quite the troublemaker. Well, actually, I don't remember much, except that I enjoyed it as a kid. Me thinks it's time for a new viewing. Well, mm, oh, oh, press the brakes there, Eric. Wait <laughs> till we give us a viewing. Yeah, maybe. Dallas, uh, Dallas, Dallas Panda Marshall Mora. I don't think that's his full actual middle name. I think that's his, his Facebook name. Regardless, he says, watch this many times as a child. It is my, is my main intro into the world of King Arthur. Smiley face. Yeah. Thank you, Dallas. A lot of people's. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think actually mine as well. Cody Smith 85 says that Archimedes is a pessimistic little owl. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Melissa Gillette 12 says, who, who, what, what? <laughs> yeah. And then Josh Berkey greatly, uh, perfectly transitions us into our dislike section by saying, uh, what he remembers is the level of terribleness. So apparently he was not a fan of this movie. Wow. And let's talk Maybe about. Maybe he was talking about Madame Mim. She loves being terrible. Uh, so are you saying he actually thinks Maybe. it's good in the mind yes. frame of Mad Madame Mim? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he meant, Paul. Let's talk about the things <laughs> we didn't like about this movie. I'll start us off. And. Uh, May, and maybe you guys can dissuade me of this. I'm open to being dispelled. Right. See how much you want. I got my checkbook out. Of, <laughs> of these dislikes. But what is the motivation for why Merlin decides to tutor Ward? It, it was not clear to me at all why he's like, okay, this kid falls I, I, in the, I, into yeah, my it, house. I'll tutor him. In in while he's explained to Archimedes, he says he doesn't know who it is, but it's somebody important. So he wants to help them and guide him in that. He explains that. He said that? I yeah, watched it did. twice yeah. and I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously you weren't in the right mind frame when you were watching this. I think you need to be in the right attitude All right, and the right you know mood. What? I'm fine. Fine. I will I will not count that against the movie. You're, okay. But But it is real quick, I'll give you that. Okay. Well, there you go. Paul, what's something you didn't like? I hated that opening song. It was so stupid. What the one that he you were singing hated before? The opening song in London yeah. town. Uh, oh, I if the Sherman brothers wrote that, um, they were obviously misguided uh, <laughs> uh, in their direction. What um, did you like about? It? I kind of liked it. It's actually. so slow and boring. 
the Sherman Brothers songs are usually upbeat and happy. That could have good. I could have uh, Robin Hood um, as a great example. Ooh, um, the whistle oh, that's stomp. That's a great intro. Yeah, oh, it's, the, it's upbeat. So, sorry. All right. I didn't like the opening. Song. Okay. And Shrek, that's another one. Yeah. See? <laughs> you got to keep it up. Well, no, it's not up. Actually, Shrek's an example of a slower song that I think works well. This really? Is I th- thought it was the, the Smash Mouth. That Isn't comes it? after. He does the storybook <laughs> intro, which he finally tears the last page out and uses as a. Oh, see, it's wipe. been a while since I've seen... Hey, is that on the list? That's the one we're probably going to do with my daughter someday. Oh, we have to wait that long. Okay. She, no, she's seen it, but just till she can articulate likes and dislikes. That's that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe anyway. she'd have to be a teenager because, you know, all the... Some of the jokes. Let's are, continue, Paul. <laughs> as right. he pokes holes in my bad parenting. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Something else I didn't like. Okay. <laughs> this is me being very picky. If that... So Merlin got the teapot, got tea ready for Wart and him, and they have tea yes. there at the beginning. If the tea was hot enough that he pours it in into the model locomotive, yes. if it's hot enough to to actually move really the locomotive, it's, yeah. it's essentially... Hot enough to be creating steam, so wouldn't that burn right. their mouths like really Not badly? With that much sugar. Did you see how much sugar is in there? <laughs> <laughs> I I got the impression that Merlin got all of his out of the. Uh, it, it was caked. It was a pile. There was more sugar he, in his teacup than was in the sugar bowl. <laughs> He's I, also a wizard, so yeah, he can handle it. He can do anything. I didn't see any twinkly lights over the the tea. Like oh, the, the it camera down. wasn't showing that at that moment. I was off camera. Though. A wizard blizzard was not above those teacups. <laughs> yeah. But okay, guys, I'm gonna say you did not dissuade me of that. Uh, <laughs> I, I would agree with you. Um. Uh, let's go, Mark. Actually, you know what? You know what? I think I think I'm using some of Merlin's for for foretelling powers. <laughs> I think I'm seeing in the smoke rings that Mark, you only have a tragic maker. Is that right? That is correct. Oh man, I'm I'm glad I I'm in tune with my Merlin uh, capacities right now. That's, that's I think great. it's the blue that you're wearing. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, I am wearing blue. That's that's probably true. And I was sporting a burnt beard a few days ago, so that that must be it. <laughs> Then let's go back to moi for something else I didn't like because I have still a couple more. (laughs) Okay, guys, I showed you a picture of this when, again, in that sort of opening scene when uh, Merlin's packing up, that sugar, that sugar, what do you call it? Sugar container? The the guy that's a sugar, holds the sugar. Yeah. He's flying up. Uh, he's knocked down from some of the books, and his cap and spoon are knocked onto the table. Then he flies off to get in line, and his his actual cell of animations goes underneath the spoon and lid that are laying on the table. It's very much a, a glitch that they that I expect more of Disney. So I can't so believe the, that. that the, are you sure the 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 spoon wasn't flying as well? Do I need to show you this guy, this scene, guys? Uh, yeah, I think everyone <laughs> needs to go back and, and see what you're talking about. But you are basically saying that the uh, 
the sugar bowl is moving behind the the lid and the spoon that are supposed to be laying on the table. Correct. Yes. Okay. You understand me verily. And I'm looking it up, maybe. Why? Well, no need to. No, no. <laughs> I need to prove so that you guys can be like, yes, that, that will that, not stand. That, that probably, they probably saw that in the dailies. They're like, eh, no one will notice. Let's, uh, instead of wasting, you know, a couple thousands of dollars trying to fix it, let's just put that money in our pockets. Oh. Little did they know, 50 years later, <laughs> later yeah, because Francisco would be watching. <laughs> right, because this was before VHS and home video. You could only go to the movie theater to see it. So they got your money already. Apparently, and the hickety-hockety would uh, distract yeah. the people. Okay, yeah. so apparently this isn't on Netflix anymore, so I can't show you it. But oh. believe me, it's there. Go back. It's like minute one fifteen, like minute one wow. fifteen seconds, something like that. So. Isn't that when he's struggling with the well? I don't I even don't, know if that slow okay, opening song be- is over by minute one fourteen. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, that's just something else. <laughs> I was being another pickiness of Francisco. Paul, why don't you right. give us one more thing before I give one more thing, and then we'll all get to our tragic makers. I didn't like Merlin being an ugly, horrible, grouchy old man. No, I didn't like him being. I was fine with Archimedes being cranky, but yeah. he, I felt, was cranky, curmudgeonly as well. And I thought yeah. it would have been nice if he wasn't, and then Archimedes would have been a fun balance between that. But to have them both like that, I thought it was a bit too much. Oh, and they seem to switch roles by the time Archimedes is softening up on Arthur and being yeah. like his pal. Yeah, yeah. Merlin's very like. Uh, I can't believe we don't want yeah, to Yeah, they definitely because the, just because he's a squire doesn't means that he can't be educated anymore. I mean, he's just right. there's no more opportunity for him to learn anything after being squire. Well, what Arthur said that he said I can't do that. I have squire duties. I I don't have time for No, that was page duties in the very beginning. Right. Yeah. So and yet he has time to be educated and Merlin's fine. Well, that's what because time he, has. he he was no longer K squire. He got kicked off, and he was like, "Oh, now you have time for all no, the education." No, 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 no. This was yeah, before yeah, yeah. he was even. He was still wanting to be a squire. This was before he got the. They told him he couldn't be a squire anymore. That in the beginning, when they're walking up the hill, he says, "Oh, I can't do that. I have page duties, page right. duties," and then, and then, yeah, he continues to educate him regardless. No, did that's you watch this movie, Paul? Yes, did you? Because when they got to the <laughs> castle. He's like, oh, that's what you, you shouldn't be running off. You get demerits and all that stuff. And then he's, it, it explains it. <laughs> I he don't has, think so. He, it does. There's either Mark, time for Mark, Mark the Wayne, does, does Does it explain? Did you feel like, oh, yes, this is why he, he can be educated now as a page, but as a squire, he cannot be. I think Merlin just wanted an excuse to go to Bermuda. Oh, <laughs> there it is. I think that was it. He is tired of the drafty tower. I'm like, get out of here, going where there's some sun. In the 20th century. <laughs> In the 20th century, yes. Well, oh my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> then my last thing that I didn't like was what. And this is something you said you like, Paul, but what is the point of being turned into a fish, a squirrel, a bird? <laughs> when so you can learn the different no, aspects of them, That's just too. the thing. He doesn't it's fun. He doesn't learn Gravity. anything, I feel like. I mean, he learns some things, but 
Here, let me let me learn to hold on. There's always a bigger fish. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like maybe he lives in a world that he doesn't realize there's danger out there. So Merlin's just making readily apparent that there are big dangers out there in the world that you don't realize. Right. And then also how to break a poor girl squirrel's heart. So that that's (laughs) important too. But he doesn't. I mean, the whole fish thing is to use your brains instead of your bronze. There's going to be bigger creatures out there, but you can still use your brain to defeat them. That's the whole point. But the th- okay, you can teach that without turning into a fish, though. You can yeah, but teach you learn it better that through wisdom experience. Wisdom is the better than at the end of the Mad Mad Mim. Um, I forget. Is it knowledge and wisdom are the greater power? You can learn that without watching a wizard's duel. That, I, but you experience it. There's, that, there's one not, thing to say it. There's another thing to experience it, and that's what I love, that you got to experience but it. But you got to teach someone how to use their brain before you just expect them to use their brain. I think it was just pure luck that he got away from that barracuda. I agree. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't use his brain then. He's just lucky. So he didn't well, really he learn his, anything. It was no, no, no. He was lucky. He used his brain in time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say to that. I think we might just have to resolve that I'm right and you're wrong, and we just be okay with that. We can agree to disagree <laughs> and flip that. What about so you? What about the bird sequence? I don't think there was a lesson there at all. Yeah, well, the, exactly. The bird sequence turned into the Madame Mim, the Wizards duel. Yeah, but, but so, was there even a lesson that they were trying to teach? You? Yeah, look how cool this is. <laughs> <laughs> look no, at it, how it goes back to the brain and brawn, how to outsmart somebody. So they're just putting him. They're making. They're turning him into bait. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. yes. And how exactly. to escape it? Well put. Yes. Yes, and how to escape uh, it. That's what makes it fun. But again, poor that's wart. essentially, yeah, exactly. Poor Wart. Poor, why are you doing this to him, Merlin? Obviously, you're way grouchier than we gave you credit for because you're just like, <laughs> oh, let's see what this kid can do when I turn him into a fish. <laughs> and then I'll abandon him to the 20th century. That's right. Oh, oh, I conveniently forgot the words to turn you back into a boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Not convenient. Uh, Inconvenient. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, with all that, <laughs> let's get to the things we hated most about I, I, the Before we oh, get there, okay, did yes. you really not like those scenes? I felt like they were I felt like they could have written a much better point or they could have punctuated maybe the point better as to why why a fish, why a squirrel, why a bird. It was very like just loosey goosey as to Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, here's here's why it was that uh, brain uh, over brawn and uh, wisdom is the greater power. But there's no correlation <laughs> to birds or no, so fish it necessarily. It could he could have easily turned into a cat and a mouse. I mean, it sure. was there wasn't any. Um, but though that's been done over and over in cartoons. Here's another way of doing saying that same story. Have you not seen Finding Nemo? It's been done before. Oh my god! <laughs> if you think fourth dimensionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're like Merlin and you already know all the future Eggs. about see? it, see, so he's like, "Oh, that's been done. I should pick something else." So I, he maybe liked Finding Nemo and said, "That's what I'm gonna do. I'm uh, gonna." Teach all right, him. all right, fair enough. I oh, so I before we get to tragic makers, yeah, yeah. there's like a fun fact that might be another dislike. Oh, I, it's not it's not a dislike for me. I just think it's a, a weird random fact about the movie. Oh, okay, um, but the voice of Wart 
was actually three oh, yeah. different uh, boys. Yeah, I, I saw that on IMDb, and I was like, it, uh, no, three different people listed. I'm like, is this a yeah. mistake? Like, all these people thought they were the voice? <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was me. No, but I, so I, was, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I rented uh-huh. it. Yeah, okay. And throughout the, if you stream something through Amazon, throughout the movie, sometimes they'll have, like, little trivia. Oh, like the oh, x-ray wow. thing, right? Yeah, so that was one of them. And it didn't really deter the movie experience for me. The the boys they casted for it seemed to match pretty Yeah, pretty I didn't well. notice. Though I want to say but, um, two of the boys, yeah. I'm, I'm they had the same last name as the director. So I wonder if there's oh, some nepotism his, his going on something. there. Yeah. I could be let me I have it right here. So let me let me look that up. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily, it's not a dislike for me. I just thought it was a weird kind of Fact. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, and it, it didn't. I felt like they were matched well enough. They, you could tell that they were different, but I didn't feel like it was so dis, dis, uh, not disjointed, but just different from each so, other. So yeah, so different from each other that it was like, oh man. But yeah, the director's last name is Reitherman. I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that right. And then the voices of Wart, Richard Reitherman, and Robert Reitherman. So I. I mean, maybe those are two Reithermans that have no <laughs> relation to each other or the director, but I'm going to guess that they're his sons. Well, maybe the other voice actor that wasn't a Reitherman couldn't, couldn't finish it. And he was like, oh, well, who do we know that's that age? And we need to get somebody <laughs> in here to fill to to you know do some dialogue pickups like oh oh, i know someone here say this they're like oh all right we need a couple more lines oh oh he's sick his voice isn't good all right who else do we know oh you 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 know yeah Uh, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do i just thought that was interesting uh thanks for bringing that up mark uh let's see now let's get to our tragic makers for the sword and the stone uh why don't we start with mark what's the thing you didn't like most about this movie so I have a feeling that this might be one of yours Ooh. because it's pretty it it's big. <laughs> okay. So How? there's there's no real antagonist or conflict that or plot really throughout this whole movie. Mm, like it's just a string of scenes that happen mm-hmm. within like a week or however long this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no there's nothing for Wart to really overcome except individual scenes but there's no like overarching story or conflict that he needs to work whosoever pulleth out this sword (laughs) (laughs) but it's not it's not like he was trying to do that you know it was just like this week prior to him running into the sword it's like a day or a week in the life of arthur before the sword and oh my gosh okay mark (laughs) Thank you, because I, I, I thought of this just a little bit before we recorded, and I didn't get it down anywhere. So I don't know if this I want to make this my tragic maker instead. But <laughs> you're, you're exactly right, uh, uh, that he doesn't have any arc. And the thing that bothers me so much, Merlin spends so much time teaching him like wisdom and to use your brain, et cetera, et cetera. But he doesn't require any of that to pull the sword out. <laughs> or he's just, well, he's just born with it, like well, he is, right. Yeah. And actually, this gets me to my question: Do you guys think that if he hadn't become wise, he the sword would not have like no. similar to Mjolnir uh, no. doing 
Oh, okay, no. fine. Well, let me. I'm trying to finish my point here, Paul. But <laughs> no. whatever, you just disagree. No. So he is. I know where you're going. Okay. But the answer is no because I think that's the whole point why Merlin was there so he could help him become a good king and not a tyrant. So he was born with the ability to pull it out. Yes. But Merlin was there to give him wisdom so that he would be a good king after that. Right. That's what we're but then that but just here's, makes me here's, more annoyed that all this all this stuff is escalating to this point that he but, requires nothing of what you've learned to do okay. the thing. Okay, Francisco, yeah. do you have Google in front of you? I well, I don't have a person named Google in front of me. No. I have a web browser Google with Google image, capabilities. Google this image. This uh, whos- image. No. Whosoever <laughs> pulleth out the sword. Whosoever pulleth out this sword from this stone, the, that whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, under images, you said, right? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Am I looking for the, the actual one? cell of the picture? Yeah, where it shows a close up of the writing of the sword. Are you on... sure I don't want the one with Elvis? Yes. Sword. Okay. Yes, I see that one. Okay. Now, it says, Whosoever pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is. Right, oh, wise king born of England. <laughs> I, I reread that. I read that wrong. Sorry, that was all for nothing. <laughs> I thought I thought it was saying who is who right wise. Who I thought I thought it was saying righteous and wise. Oh. And I thought maybe it it was because he like you. I was like, oh no. wow, maybe this was because that, he was wise. That, but that would have been perfect if they had only changed but, that wording. But oh no, yeah, yeah. So never mind. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, going back to my tragic maker, it's like they start with a very, very brief story of the sword through song, right. and then it's at the very end. There's no mention of it in the middle, and it's not like Merlin's trying to guide him to the sword or prepare him for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Merlin like, doesn't even know about the sword. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a, I mean, it's a so it's a fun movie and. Right. All the scenes are great, but there's no like real plot or story line that holds this all together other than time. Like it's this time in his life. Yeah. Yes. So it's almost like a coming of age story almost. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, this is the boy going through struggle and then you make it. Now he doesn't have to struggle anymore because now he has free room and board. You know who doesn't (laughs) like coming of age stories? I'll let you guess. Paul, uh, is I'm, that because you came of age and hate it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do my tragic maker. Then we'll let you finish with yours, Paul. How about that? I don't like ending on a sour note, but so be it. Okay. So I said that. Yes, I agree with you, Mark. That bothers me. Something that maybe bothers me either the same amount or more is that Merlin... So we just talked about how Merlin's trying to teach him to be wise and righteous, apparently, according to the sword. But Merlin seems like he cares more about Wart's brain and his book learning than he cares yes. about his character. It's like, man, as long as you become smart, it doesn't. I don't care if it costs you your character. Because my, <laughs> my main example of this is... Oh, the dishes. The dishes. He says, yeah. oh, who... Merlin says, "Oh, it's, as long as they get done, who cares?" But Wart's like, "No, I'm supposed to do them." And yeah. I'm like, "Yes, exactly. That's that's the whole point because he's even the, whether he you the think demerit, so he earned exactly the, the punishment exactly yeah. whether or not you think Sir Ector gave it to him fairly, which probably not so much that much demerits, but still, it's that's that's yeah, your discipline. You need to 
own up to that and you need to work for it. And yeah, essentially it's teaching him eh, as, as long as you can, wh- whatever he means you can go about to achieve the end result. That's fine. It doesn't matter. And that's what he, you're teaching him. Ah, oh, that, uh, that really bugged me from, uh, from, I guess, a uh, moral perspective. Oh, I hate bashing on this film. You both are absolutely right. Your last two <laughs> ones are, you're absolutely right on. Uh, so I can't disagree with you on that. Hooray. We victory. <laughs> Francisco and Mark won a great victory <laughs> over Paul in London town. Okay. What's your tragic maker, Paul? Uh, all right. Um, unfortunately, this I don't think was this movie wasn't handled well. Um, oh. And there's what I mean. Okay, like what so, we said is what you mean. No, 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 no. Going back <laughs> to the um, and a lot of people probably don't care about like all the nitty gritty I'm about to get into, but I am an animation lover. I grew up watching mm. animation and appreciating totally, an, appreciating yeah. animation. Um, this movie came out in 1963. Correct. Uh, this is before this was 101 Dalmatians, and before that was Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is one of the best animated Disney movies out yeah. there. The yeah. line drawing in that is fantastic. The next movie came out two years later, and it was 101 Dalmatians. Now, this is where the lines are not smooth, but all sketchy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's rough, but not only the character animation is rough, but also the background is, and it, was, it looks like it was done on purpose because the backgrounds, uh, the, line, the colors aren't stained in the lines. It's supposed to look sketchy. Yeah. It was done as a style, you know. And that's great. It's it's done in that particular. It's like a piece. It's mm-hmm. done in that mm-hmm. way. But unfortunately, Disney animated movies carried on that sketchingness all the way through the eighties. I think with um, what was it, Fox Black and Cauldron? the Hound? Actually, oh. right before that was Fox and the Hound, oh. um, where the lines actually got smooth again. And then before that was Rescuers, and we. And, and that's rough. So yeah. finally, when the 80s hit, they went back to smooth lines. But unfortunately, I can understand. Look, if you're doing it like 101 Dalmatians, you make the character sketchy. And to make the background sketchy, that's fine. I see your style. But mm-hmm. you're talking about Jungle Book, um, uh, Robin Hood, Aristocats, all those in that time. I understand you're trying to show the artist's original attention, but it doesn't look as good as the smooth lines. Yeah, it doesn't um, look clean, un- Unfortunately, yeah. uh, when watching this in glorious Blu-ray, uh, <laughs> it, it was nice. You can see the lines great, and I love the fluid animation, but unfortunately it has that rough sketch line. Yeah. So I don't think it was treated as well as it should have. Another sign of that is the <laughs> there's Wart Falls, like, three or four times and it has the same, same audio yep. clip of what whoa whoa it's and it's repeated exactly it's like they just cut and paste and there's a different examples of in here where they took the same um actually from 60s and 70s disney is known as for taking the same animation stuff uh almost frame for frame and uh, yeah and and copying and reusing it i actually noticed that in one of the scenes yeah Right. So this is what I mean. Where like it, it wasn't treated as well as, unfortunately, it should be. Some, some after Sleeping Beauty, something happened, and I know Walt Disney passed away three years after the release of this movie. 
So maybe he wasn't overseeing as, as well. I don't know. But I think this is, what, unfortunately, where there is a dip in quality of the Disney animation. And unfortunately, it starts with this movie. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, Paul. I, right. I mean, there are there certainly elements like, I think, like we spoke to in our likes section, or at least I spoke to him, the, the animation, like the... The, uh, the movement, the movement, of the anim- yes, yes, exactly. The actual, yes, the, is good. The, the the actual uh, animation, Animated. proper, is great. Mm-hmm. But the overall right. style, yeah, right. I, I would agree. It's, I, it's it doesn't match the background. Yeah. So it, it it's weird like that. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. No, I think so. That those were all our tragic makers, and now that we've entered all our our targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. This will be a good one. Let's yeah. <laughs> talk about whether we rate Sword in the Stone a classic. We'd recommend anyone see this, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend people who've seen it, maybe as kids or seen it growing up, be the ones to rewatch it. If you've never seen it, it's probably not worth your time to watch. Or a tragic, if you haven't seen it, don't seek it out. And if you have <laughs> seen it, don't sully your memories with a rewatch. Just leave it alone. So how do we rate The Sword in the Stone? Let's start with our guest, Mark. This was tough, as I actually, mm. I had more likes than dislikes, but the dislike was so big, mm. and... I think everything that you guys said for the dislikes, I kind of agree with too. Um, but I don't know if I want to go as far as say it's tragic. So I'm going to give it a nostalgic. Nostalgic. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair. Very fair. Uh, let's see. Paul, what say you? <sighs> Honestly, I still don't know. So I have to talk this out. Okay. Um, I Double tragic. Loved... <laughs> this movie growing up as a boy yeah. uh i enjoyed it very much so re-watching it i enjoyed it the nostalgic factor is crushing hard yeah. definitely a solid yeah. nostalgic for me um whether or not it's a classic is where i've been struggling because because of the things that we mentioned and um it it also because of the things that we mentioned, like what you mentioned, market unfortunately makes it a little more forgettable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's no but, real emotional grip to it because it's missing an arc. I think right, yeah. and so, but as I re- think about the likes of like the scenes that I liked, and especially the wizards' duel in. All right, if this wasn't a Disney movie, <laughs> okay. Then it's top notch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go on the side of, and my my reasoning may be askew, and I may be too many knocks on the head with a snake. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say classic. Whoa, okay, surprising. I, I'm yeah. curious, Paul, if the Wizards' duel wasn't part of this. Would it still be a classic for you? I don't know. Okay, I guess but you I liked. Can't. But like I, mean, I said, that's not the movie we reviewed. So yeah, how'd you? Know? Right, and but like I said, I did like the other scenes that you didn't like with the the squirrels and that's the true. fish. Yeah. and so there was a lot in here for me to like. That's why I say classic. All right. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, guys, I was definitely 
torn, nostalgic versus tragic. But after our discussion, I feel I'm feel very very sure of saying this is a tragic movie. I would not. Ooh. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, I I think th- there are definitely good elements. It's not like oh my gosh, this is it, no one should see this movie ever. And if you did see it, you're wrong for having seen it as a kid. I don't mean that to that extent at all. Uh, I would say, well, yeah, I would say it's maybe maybe it's still a good movie for kids, but I'd say as, as anyone an adult. as in from teen, maybe in middle school up, I don't, I don't think it's really worth anyone's time today. I, oh, I went and necessarily I show it to my kids. Uh, I, I, okay. I was falling asleep the first time I watched this. Second time I watched this, I wasn't that <laughs> no. interested. See, so, that's what I mean. You're in the wrong mindset, the wrong mood. Well, get, well, it's two separate days. You didn't though, even so. understand things cause you were falling asleep. <laughs> So for I actually enjoyed viewing it, but mm-hmm. you know there wasn't just enough in there for me to consider it a classic. Sure. Yeah, no, understandable. But, yeah. That, that's totally fine. Uh, we we can we can rate our each of our ratings can be for our own intentions. Like you don't have to rate something a classic because I rate a classic in the same way. It, it's totally fine. It's just. I already Sorry. laid out what classic. So when you say sound, tragic, you actually mean classic. Okay. <laughs> no. <that's not> <laughs> but unfortunately, so unfortunately, we have a draw situation. Yeah. So what happens now? So, <laughs> so that's thankfully, what the Disney animators did. They drew. Th- Sorry. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Puns. I got. Uh, we have a, a we reward. Had one vote. We have a reward <laughs> level for Patreon. If you're one of oh, our patrons at the three dollar level, I think. I mean, it's a $2 level. $2 you know level. What, just give five and you're safe. Yeah, exactly. Just Then you can <laughs> vote on anything. It's fine. Uh, then you can participate in the Rewind Republic, where we actually, in case of a draw, we ask, hey, can you vote on this movie too? And we will actually take your votes into consideration. So here's what we have. We have one classic vote and one nostalgic vote. So all I right. think all told, I think I'm going to have to say... My my tragic would knock out a classic, meaning there's one classic, two nostalgic, right. and and one right. yeah, and two nostalgics. So all told, I think we'd say that the Retro Rewind podcast rates the Sword in the Stone a highly disputed, tra- <laughs> uh, not tragic, <laughs> nostalgic movie. Sorry, Freudian slip there. A highly disputed, <laughs> nostalgic movie. So we'd recommend it's, it might be worth watching again if you saw it as a kid. But probably not so much if you haven't seen it before. Um, what makes a difference between a disputed and a highly disputed? Just your attitude that right is, now? About that it? <laughs> mainly my attitude because I had a tragic to it. Yeah. And um, it wasn't Definitely like... Definitely didn't want a classic anywhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Tragics count twice as much as classics. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our feedback section. I'll... S- Alrighty, so we're going to start off with some announcements. First off, again, go to retroreviewonpodcast.com slash vote to cast your vote on the next five movies we're going to cover. Again, we're closing voting on July 26th, 2017 for this next round of five. You, by all means, continue to vote after that. It's just not going to help with the next five we're locking in. Uh, then also 
go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash store to buy some of our t-shirts or hoodies. That's another way to support the show, especially if, let's say, you can't commit to an ongoing thing on Patreon. Another way to financially support the show is to buy some of our merchandise. And also, you just want to wear some cool gear. Or that, yes. Uh, That is the perfect reason to buy one of our shirts or hoodies. All right, now let's get to some feedback. And this is a, a bit long, but we appreciate it nonetheless. First, uh, Deb Powers says, Francisco Ruiz, Paul J. Powers, and Danae Berg just listened to the podcast on The Truman Show last week. Since I often agree with Paul's assessment on a lot of things, I thought I would go ahead and watch the movie to see what it was all about, having never watched it before. Since you, ha- all, since you had all analyzed the movies so well beforehand, it was great to see why and how different points were made by each of you. For example, Paul being Mr. Literal, uh, I could understand his frustration with this movie at times, but I couldn't make a true assessment myself as I came into it knowing all its intricacies ahead of time. Spoiler. So, sort of like seeing all the bones and muscles of a person before knowing what the person looks like. Uh as a whole and gain to know them. Interesting experience. Anyway, I'd recommend the movie to anyone, but with the caveat that the show has, that the show, the Truman show has some loopholes and those might be distracting. Does this mean this rating is nostalgic? Anyway, thanks for the fun ride. I enjoyed it. I love spending time on the way home from work every day with the retro rewind podcast crew. So thank you so much for listening, Deb. And I'm so glad we, we, get to amuse you and entertain you during your commutes. Uh, Paul, I forget how you answered her. Should, would you rate it nostalgic at that point? No, it's, it's a classic. Okay. You, rate, rate, Could, you would recommend it to, to, to anyone. Yes. Yeah, and all ratings have caveats. Usually. That's right. Okay. Uh, and then Deb, on a different note, uh, Deb said, Hey, all you listeners out there to the Retro Rewind podcast, after listening to the podcast on Tron, I vote that break from tradition and do a special review of Tron Legacy. It seems to beg to be done. Perhaps if all of us vote this up, they might consider making an exception. Of course, if I'm only if I'm the only one who wants this, then please disregard. What do you say? Tron. Tron. <laughs> Tron. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> Teamwork right there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's that's, the that's what you're doing, huh? <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, so Paul and I, we, we went back and forth on this quite a bit. Like, do we put in the bonus stage for patrons? Do we actually do it in the main show? Uh, what we decided to do was we went out to our uh, fellow podcasters, the Feel and Film podcast, and asked them if we could like strong arm the strong arm them into doing Tron legacy as a crossover episode with them. Uh, since, Ooh. and it kind of, it kind of works because patch was on, on for, to do Tron. So in that way it would kind of be a crossover event. And he's on the feeling film podcast. Exactly. So we would continue that review. Exactly. Right. Uh, wow. and so far I'm not going to say definitively, but so far it looks like we will be doing that. So be on the lookout in the feeling film podcast it, go subscribe to feeling film if you haven't done that already that's great great podcast over there uh but we'll be we'll be talking tron legacy over there most likely i'm not gonna say for sure but most likely we will be uh so hopefully that that will uh both appease you and what your appetite a little bit for uh tron legacy review anyways thank you again deb 
And thank you to everyone who leaves us feedback. If you want to leave us feedback on this episode or any other, the best place to do it is probably on our Facebook group when we post the episode there. But you can also do it on our show notes page, retroreviewonpodcast.com slash 123, uh, or anywhere you find us on social media, really. Uh, we With that, we have just about reached the last nav point and the end of the episode. Yes, you can shed a tear now. <laughs> If you are new to the show, thank you so much for listening this far. I imagine we entertain you in some capacity, and uh, hopefully you smiled or laughed at some point. Uh, so why not subscribe to the show right now? You know, it doesn't cost you anything to do that, just a little bit of time. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. We're pretty much on any podcatcher. Uh, but if you've, you're one of our listeners that's been loving the show for a while, uh, please consider becoming one of our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash podcast to support us financially. And for just $1 an episode, which comes to about $2 a month, you'll get even more content, new things we are into, like which are our new tubes. We play games. We just played karaoke conundrum where the, the, the score just went was going one way. Then it went completely the other and no one could foresee it. So it was, it was a fun time. Uh, Let's see. We also have, uh, we do newer movie reviews at times, which Paul and I are a little bit at odds as to what defines a newer movie, but that's okay. <laughs> Anything uh, newer than 15 years, Well, right? yes, but I mean, in terms of Oh, you of mean what, like currency, like out in the theater? Maybe? No, like what we can cover, like, because, uh, never mind. I won't get into right. our right, interest show right. politics right here. All right. We also have Sounds some commentaries fun. and more. Uh, thank you to all our current patrons again. Your support makes a big difference. Uh, it's going to help Paul come up here in October, this October. I'm actually, uh, partly thanks to you, I'm going to be able to get a game capture device to do different, to stream like my Sega Dreamcast and things like that. So uh, thank you so much, patrons, for believing this show enough to support us. With that, we have now reached Nav Point Omega. Paul, do you have any intel on our next mission? Sure. Next time we'll be going back to the year 1982 for the movie Blade Runner. So if you Ooh. are about to see the sequel, now's a good time to catch up on the prequel, if that's what you call it. Yeah. The original, so, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, 1982's Blade Runner. Are we are we saying which version we're covering? Or we're it doing matter? the Ridley Scott-approved final cut. Yes, it came out in 2007, but... It's the original movie. It's its original vision. And since he's tied to the new movie, we felt like it, is the most, it, it made the most sense to cover. So we're going to be right. covering the final cut of Blade Runner. All right. So if you want to share your memories about that or talk to us about anything, you can contact us at Retro Rewind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Also, check out our videos and uh, game streams and pod trailers on youtube.com slash retro rewind podcast. And if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul, for being a good friend. Awesome. Awesome friend. Awesome co host. Awesome fellow squire. Or oh. maybe the squire to my night. I'm not sure. Oh, you're not. It sounds like you are. <laughs> But no, thank, but thank you for having me on. It's always oh, a pleasure. Always a pleasure for me as well. And big, big thank you to new guest Mark 
Morris, is so awesome having you here. Thanks for being part of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it's always fun revisiting these movies. So I, I had a blast and really appreciate you letting me jump on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you'll come back again. But will you please yes. tell the listeners where they can find you online and anything you'd like to promote, like your podcast or SquareCo in general? Um, yeah. So mostly if you follow us on Instagram, we are at SquaredCo. Uh, that's where most of the information can be found. And through there, there's links to our podcast and website and other, all other sorts of fun events and product launches. So awesome. Instagram at squared co is the best way to stay in touch. Awesome. And do you have, uh, you usually do these, uh, like in with a theater collaboration of like, a. I'm not sure yes. what to, how to call it, like an event or something. Yeah, so we have a relationship with the movie theater Sinopolis, which currently, I think there's 16 locations um, in the U.S., but they are expanding. So oh, cool. Okay. There's not too many around, but if you go to their website, you can see where the nearest location to you is. Mm-hmm. But we partner with them every a few times a year we'll do an event that celebrates a significant film anniversary. Mm. So our first event was last summer. We did the 30th anniversary for the aliens movie. Oh, nice. Um, so we do a screening in the, th- the theater. We have an art gallery uh, with art Ooh. from or inspired by the movie. And then there's usually a photo op or some giveaways and stuff like that. Sounds cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's a fun time. If and if you can't make it to the actual event, um all of the art prints usually go up on sale afterwards. So you can go onto our website and check out all the old aliens uh and other movie screening prints is, that is we that did. what's also on your Instagram account? Yeah, I was so looking on Instagram and I could see some art prints. Is yeah, that the so, same from those events? They, if you scroll back now, because the Aliens was the last year, you scroll down deep enough, you can find it. But we just um, released a new gallery show called Tasty Real Estate. Mm. Um, I don't know if we have time to get into it right now. Yeah, go for you. That's just, fine. Okay, so I'll give a little, the quickest uh, version of what the show is. Too so basically, late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. No, no, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the premise was uh, taking all of these locations or these businesses from pop culture that have to do with food. So it's food restaurants. Um, We did the Quickie Mart from The Simpsons. There's all these different businesses, restaurants that have to do with food. So like Willy Um, Wonka's factory? Yeah, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory is in there. There's the Krusty Krab from SpongeBob, uh, Good Burger from Good Burger. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of other fun, uh, the Moss Eisley Cantina from Star Wars. Um, so there's a group of artists that did a series of illustrations, uh, that have to do with different pop culture restaurants and food establishments. So yeah, that's going to be the most present or the most, uh, up-to-date posts if you go to our Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun show if you go to our website you can check out the whole lineup very cool could you remind us of what the web what your website is again? Oh, yeah so the website is squaredco.org there you can find our store and different blog posts to keep um 
on top of our different events coming up. Very, very cool. Well, thank you once again, Mark. It was awesome having you on the show. Yes. And you can find me, Francisco, on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX, and I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. Check out my portfolio at FXRDesign.com. And if I recently got an invite to Dribble, which is something I've been wanting to be a part of for a long time. So if you uh, want to find me on Dribble, I'm uh, just FXRUIZX there. Wait, did you say gerbil or dribble? Dribble with okay, three Bs. I, I thought you said gerbil the first time. Then I thought you said dribble. I've been wanting right. to be on dribble forever, but right. <laughs> I have to just be okay with dribble, like, apparently. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, you the listener. We really appreciate you the most because it's so awesome to – I mean, me and Paul – I guess like having these conversations, but it's so great to get to share them with you and hear what you think of them as well and what you remember about these movies and just getting to enjoy this sort of nostalgia trip together. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting the show, and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you, if you know someone or, or have a friend or family member that likes retro movies or video games, share this with them. They may enjoy it. And I mean, why not? Other places you can catch us is on the Retro Junkies Network, which is at theretrojunkies.com. And we're a part of the Christian Geek Central Network, which is at christiangeekcentral.com. But like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Godspeed. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. A legend is sung of when England was young in London town. <laughs>